The Dark Word is a podcast about writing, writers, and those who read those writers. The goal of this podcast is to focus on the profession of writing, whether it be the creative process, the business side of things, or simply offering advice on how to be a pro. We'll be hearing from some of the best in the business over the upcoming episodes. And true to our name, The Dark Word focuses on writers who tend to hang out in the shadowy side of the room. These are the names you think of when you hear horror, suspense, noir. The names who have chilled you and thrilled you. So follow me down this dark hallway, because there's someone I'm dying for you to meet. Dying for you to meet. Dying for you to meet. And welcome to the dark word. As always, I am your host, Philip Fricasi. Uh, today's a special episode, guys. Um, we are going to do something a little bit different. I have a very special guest, uh, and we are going to talk nuts, some nuts and bolts about promotion and getting book reviews and really getting some nitty gritty about social media. And, um, and I think this is going to be a really important episode. So we're going to launch right into it. Uh, with me today is Sadie Hartman, a.k.a. Mother Horror. Uh, she's the co-owner of the horror fiction subscription company, Nightworms, and the editor-in-chief of her own horror fiction imprint, Dark Heart. She's currently writing a nonfiction book about horror for Page Street Books. She lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband of 20-plus years, where they stare at Mount Rainier, eat street tacos, and hang out with her three kids. They also have a Frenchie named Owen. Sadie, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you today. Yeah. So as we mentioned in our, in our pregame, there's a lot to get to. So I, I think the best place to start is um, why don't we start with why don't we start with your advice as it pertains to an author's website? Mm, yeah. Oh. So okay. I think it's really important for authors to kind of look at their online footprint from the perspective of potential readers or reviewers or interviewers. Like, what do you want to put out there in terms of your updated bio? Like making sure that that's updated in case you run into somebody who's just going to be copying and pasting off the internet and not asking you for your bio. Um, making sure that all of your links to all of your books are working. I, uh, so many times I've gone to like an author website and it's just outdated. Like they'll have some books and then you click on them and they go to like broken Amazon links or whatever. Um, and the fewer clicks that you're making somebody go through, um, the better. Like so often if people click and something's broken, they just give up and move on. Like, mm -hmm. you know, everything should be updated. Um, I also think having like a fresh um, like headshot is really important. Um, I remember when I was working with uh, uh, authors for Celebrate Horror the last couple of years, um, I would have to get headshots to make up a graphic that I was using for promotion. And oftentimes I wouldn't be able to get a hold of the author right away. Um, so I was literally scanning people's Facebook posts for like, photographs I could use and there's like selfies in the bathroom um like old Christmas photos like right you know just get a nice clean headshot that's like copyright free that anyone can use yeah I think most websites you got to have that like about 
page, right? Where it's like, here's my updated bio, here's a headshot, here's my contact information. And I think that's, that's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty step one kind of thing. And in your reference to links is like making sure like, okay, here's a page with my book. Here's a link that goes directly to a sale page, whether it be Amazon or yeah, whatever, whatever retailer you choose from. And you might, yeah. Cause you mentioned, and this was interesting. I was reading this. Uh, you mentioned Stephen Graham Jones website, which yeah. is a really kind of, fa- <laughs> which is kind of a fascinating website because the, he organizes things kind of the way he writes his books. It's a little bit like, you know, it's a little um, ethereal in a way. And it's just kind of, mm-hmm. but, but all he has so much information there and, and he, way he organizes it is like, you need bio, here's bio. You need photos, here's photo. Like he's, it's very business. Oh, all business. Oh my God. His whole plot, like I'll just shout out to Stephen Graham Jones really quick. Like his whole internet per, per personality is authentic. I feel like that, who he is online is who he is when you talk to him on at a con, even though I haven't met him yet. I just know that it, it he's presenting himself in a way that is not a persona or, you know, uh, like a presence. It's just him. And he collects anything that is said about him um, online or on Twitter or any book reviews or whatever. It's just like his website is everything you need to know about Stephen Graham Jones. And it's not a wasted opportunity. You know, people scour the internet and troll the internet for, for information about their favorite authors. And he has it all in one place. So it's just really user-friendly. Yeah. And I've actually, and he even has like, here's a short bio, here's a long bio. Um, and I even have um, like, you know, doing, have, having done this show, you know, and also done some, you know, uh, book reviews and author interviews and stuff like that in the past. You know, you, you do, you go online and you're like, okay, I need a high res photo. I need an updated bio. And you think it'd be pretty easy um, to get those things. But a, a lot of writers, even v- very established writers, who, you know, who have been like their bios, you know, referencing a 2015 yes. book that's coming out soon. And the only photo you can find to your point is you, like what I do is I just, I Google like, you know, the author's name in like high res and pray to God something comes up and then you need to find the photo credit. So anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's good to have all that stuff in one place, writers. Um, okay. Uh, I really want to get into Instagram because about, I'm going to go with, I don't know how time is, you know, elastic, but about six months ago, give or take this whole bookstagram situation happened. Right. And, Maybe as longer than that, you, you would know better than I yeah. would. But yeah. I remember sort of catching the tail end of it. I'm yeah. look. The way I work is like this. Oh, what is everybody doing? Oh shit. Okay, hold on. Let me get caught up here <laughs> and yeah. and try and just like you know pretend my way through it. But can you talk a little bit about the importance of Instagram? This bookstagram hashtag. I mean, can, yeah. can you talk to that so so writers know what yeah. that's all about? Um, about several years ago. I noticed that there were people on Instagram who were using the hashtag bookstagram Mm -hmm. for dedicated bookish accounts. Um, I think like people use it for personal stuff, like posting pictures of their food at a restaurant or like their family. Um, But these people were posting pictures of books that they were reading and then like giving reviews or talking about them. And I thought that that was really cool. So I jumped in. Um, And then there's just sort of like this uh, community that built around talking about books and doing photo challenges and hanging out there. Um, And then I would say probably in 2017 um, and then maybe more so in 2018, um, publishers and and authors and stuff started noticing 
that there were influencers on Bookstagram who, Mm -hmm. when they post a picture of a book or talk about it, other people go out and they buy this book. And it just has like this viral capacity to blow a book up beyond like, you know, just the regular kind of run of the mill promotion. Right. Um, And so publishers started offering like advanced reading copies to these people, like actually seeking them out in their uh, DMs instead of like, us having to go and email and ask for review copies, like we were getting offered review copies. Um, And I think ever since Facebook took it over, the algorithm has suffered it a little bit. So it's not as, you know, explosive as it was, Um, but it's still very, very viable. And I think like authors being on there with an easy um, username that uh, people can find and tag um, is really important uh, just to be a part of the footprint there on Bookstagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. I've noticed it, and I don't know if it's just me noticing it more or if if there's an influx, but there seems to be a lot more of those influencers who are on Instagram posting regularly, posting like, "Here's the new book I got." And I've seen I've seen a couple reviewers with like, "Look at this box of goodies that the publisher sent me," and it's yep. like you know, it's got like. It's got, it's got, you know, merch in it and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, so if you're a new writer and you have your book, uh, that you're trying to promote, uh, and you go on Instagram, you create your account, hopefully you already have an account and some followers. I mean, what's the best, what would be like your advice for like, okay, here's like the first, first three steps are like, what you got to create, you have an account, you post your book and then you hashtag bookstagram. Is that I'm an idiot. So talk to me like I'm a child. Bookstagram is like so saturated at this point that like, I feel like Instagram kind of shadow bans it sometimes um, Mm -hmm. because it just like, it gets used by other people just because it's so popular. So it, you know, there's photos in there that don't have anything to do with books just because it is popular. So I think anything that's relevant to you personally, like your name, definitely start creating a hashtag with your name. Um, create a hashtag with the title of your book, um, post pictures of your book, post pictures of, you know, uh, maybe like a snapshot of like a teaser of, from your book. Um, and then like, just to get engaged in the community, just maybe for a few minutes every day, like if people are already reading your book, I recommend browsing your hashtags and seeing if people are reading and reviewing it. Um, and go ahead and like thank them, you know, if it's, if they're out there reading and reviewing and like promoting your book for free, like you can thank people for that. And I think that that goes a long way with people who are doing that for, for free. Um, you know, they're not being paid to promote your book. Um, but it's just like a nice thank you to go ahead and do that. Um, and then like, in terms of like asking people to review your book and they're on Instagram and you want them to read it, like I don't recommend like getting in their DMs or anything for that. I would like see if they have like a link tree in their bio um, and like a blog or an email or some other way that you can contact them to send them like a professional request to review. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I, it, what I do is I, right. So lately I, I have a, I do hashtag Philip Fracassi and lately I've been, you know, I do every now and then I, do a kind of search for that. Just like I do, like maybe once a week, I'll be like, I'll search my own hashtag to see if anything's popped up that I missed. And I'm, and I'm getting, you know, I'm constantly surprised that like, oh man, here's a couple people like, you know, with 
uh, to your point, like showing a picture of my book and like a nice review, I would never have seen it. And yeah. I, I, I usually repost that stuff. Um, I use a program, I think it's actually called repost. So you can kind of copy oh, yeah, the, cool. yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's the best one, but it's, it's easy, it's easy and it's free. And I use, so I just copy the link and then I repost it. and also repost like Facebook and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed Instagram, but I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. And okay. So speaking of influencers, I was, I had Eric LaRocca on who we can both, you know, both know how, you know, he had that viral sensation of his novella mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to him about it and he was talking, he was saying that he actually, cause I didn't know exactly how it blew up. I was like, was it a Reddit thing? Was it a Twitter thing? Like how, what happened? And he said it was a TikTok thing. <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah. a couple. And I'm <laughs> like, and I think people, and when I say people, I mean me assume that TikTok means like you create an account and then like once a week you have to like film yourself dancing for 10 seconds. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it's becoming this like insane marketing tool where I think the influencers that maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the Instagram of three years ago. I don't know, but it seems like now in, there's a lot of influencers on TikTok who are showing off books and a lot of times they're blowing up. Yeah. What's your experience with TikTok? Yeah, so it's funny because um, TikTok is the most uh, like used app, social media app out of all of them. So TikTok has Insane. everything beat, um, and everybody is trying to keep up with them. So you'll notice that like Instagram has Reels, um, which are like these little short videos that show up um, in your feed and like in stories and things like that, and on people's like grid of photos. So it's not photo driven anymore. Instagram used to be primarily just photo driven. And then they introduced stories, which is like a way you could just kind of pop something up. Um, in, and it was vis more visual and just kind of casual. And then it started with reels. And this is all just to compete with TikTok. Right. And so what happened with Eric LaRocca's book and also Duncan Ralston, um, his book, Womb. Yeah. Womb. Also that went like crazy. Channel Morrison's uh, Dead Inside is another example. Um, so Stephanie and Stephanie is the podcaster. Um, she hosts, uh, books in the freezer and she, I think made a video that was just like, here's three books that I think are just like fucking gross or what, however she said, she was like very compelling and very like, right. she was like, I had to tap out of these books cause they were too gross. Well, it was almost like this triple dog dare for all right. these readers to go find out like what made her tap out of this book. And I, and people just bought these books in like mass quantity and reviewed them, read and reviewed them. It was wild. Like I don't go a day without seeing one of those books on TikTok. Well, and they're also both pretty, I mean, I know Eric's is a novella, which, and then I, I, I think Womb is also a pretty slim book. Yeah, I, I, I haven't Jerry's read it, but, but I think mm -hmm. you get, a, you get a lot more, well, I don't want to change the subject, but you get a lot more reviews with those slimmer books, right? Cause more people read them and right. read them quickly, but right. Right. So, okay. So TikTok is this crazy thing. And I mean, I, I'm the, I don't nothing. I don't, I know nothing about it. Yeah. What, what, I mean, do you have any advice to writers and how they could maybe utilize that platform to promote their own titles? I mean, so social media is just like all, all of these social media platforms are just like a huge waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Stay <laughs> off social media folks. They're a huge time suck. I mean, let's just be honest. Like I'll, I'll find myself, you oh, know, yeah. down some rabbit hole so easily on like Twitter 
or whatever. Like I, it's a huge distraction. So yeah. I'm speaking from that experience. Don't get me started on cat videos. It's just oh a, it's God. a bottomless well. Yeah. And TikTok is just as bad because it's all visual. It's all like a serotonin based shit where you're just like, ha that was funny. Or, oh my God, that was so sad. I mean, the, the emotional imbalance that you experience right. watching videos on TikTok is extreme. Um, but to have your finger in all these little pies in some way or another, I think anytime you can kind of aggregate stuff back to you through these free social media platforms and take advantage of like organic algorithms, like TikTok still has a pretty organic algorithm. Like when I first joined my, one of my videos went like, I don't even know, like 54K in just a few minutes. So it's like sometimes they just push you through and just one time you need that to happen one time. And all of these people have seen your book. So right. it's, it's kind of, you know, you give or take however much time you have to spend. Let's say you give yourself an hour to spend on social media, like just hit all of them 10 minutes a day or something like that. And then go back and check on them. And there you go. Yeah. It's free. And, and what did you, what was your TikTok that got the 54,000 views? What did you just, were you just like uh, reviewing a book or what was your? No, I actually did um, like the top, cause there's a lot of new readers on there is the other really cool thing. Like, you know, younger readers. Yeah. And I did 10 Stephen King uh, books. I think that new readers would enjoy. Like if you're new to Stephen King, here's some books I think you could start with. Right. Um, and it just went nuts. Like I, and I was just couldn't keep up with the comments. And then more people were on there being like, okay, but what if I like this and that? I mean, just tons of engagement. And it's not like that every time. Like I'll make a video and like 200 people will see it and nobody will say anything. Right, right. It's not always like that. Yeah, I'm really reticent to do the TikTok thing. I'm, nobody wants to see me. And it's just, it's just, that's just, the, that's just reality. And I yeah. just, I, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where uh, I think the only positive reason for doing it would be to go on there and, you know, maybe talk about somebody else's book, but I certainly would feel uncomfortable going there and talking about myself, but, yeah. but you know, that's me. I'm, you know, I'm an agoraphobic and an introvert. So, okay. So let's get to the 600 pound gorillas um, of Facebook and Twitter. And then I want to, then I want to switch gears and talk about reviews and, and other stuff. But okay. Um, so, okay. So it, it, I don't know what, I know what you're, you, and I'm doing about words in your mouth, but I know that you kind of feel strongly more strongly about Twitter than you do Facebook. I find that both platforms have their pluses. Um, yeah. And I've had success on both. You know, sometimes I'll have, I'll put the same, you know, post on both platforms and it'll like blow up on Twitter and I'll get like 16 people on Facebook and vice versa. Yeah. So yeah. what, um, okay. So you're a new writer, you have a Facebook, you have a, you just started your own Twitter thing. What is what, I mean, I don't want you to get into like, I don't want you, I don't want you to have to describe for these people what to post and all that stuff, but what's your experience with Twitter that, that I know you, I know you've seen some success stories. What can you share with folks that you think is kind of like a, at least a success story that you think is viable or, or, or something that might be good for a new writer to hear about? Okay. So I think that Twitter, there's a, there's a large uh, population of like writers and industry people on Twitter who are engaging on a daily basis. Yeah. I think it's great for networking. Um, I think like in terms of that community, I think that Twitter is really great and it's very low impact. Like you can just go on and 
do something really short and sweet. You have very limited characters that you can use. You don't have to like sit there and think up like a whole post. You know what I mean? Like Facebook, it's just unlimited characters. So it's kind of daunting. You know, if you want to say something, you feel like it has to be (laughs) well put together. Um, And Twitter is just super limited. Um, Plus you can kind of like curate your uh, Twitter feed. Like I have like 75% of the people I follow muted and not out of like, I think they're annoying or anything, but I just think like, I need to focus on who and what I need to focus on, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of like outlier people who are maybe just more engaged in like arguing with people on politics or like just things that I doesn't have anything to do with the writing community. I'll, I'll mute them so that it's not popping up in my feed and it, it makes for a sleeker uh, experience when I log in. Um, Whereas Facebook, I don't know. I, if people know how to use it in a sense where they're not mixing like all the family stuff with the writer, the business stuff, then props to you because I left that platform in 2016 because it was just like full of memes and political shit that I like don't have time for. Right. This can really trigger my mental health. So um, I use it really sparingly Facebook. Um, plus the DMs there are like people are way more happy with them. <laughs> they they really like to get into those DMs on Facebook. Yeah, they do. And I don't think you can I don't think there's anything you can do about like I don't I don't think it has like a I don't think you can turn it off. Like on uh You can't turn it off, no. 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 Yeah, and you get a lot of DMs on I mean at Twitter you'll see a lot of writers putting in their headers like no DMs or whatever. Sure, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I like Facebook. I, I don't, I know a lot of people have, don't like it. I don't know. For whatever reason, I've had some success there. I, um, I, um, I do the, I do have the, okay. You know, I try and I do a mix of like personal stuff and like writer stuff. You know, honestly, for me, you know, a lot of the reason I do the Facebook thing, quite frankly, is it's kind of, for me, it's kind of like a diary of, you know, my life. Like I like having, these moments captured in a way. So like if something important happens, there's something that is important to me. I sort of like being able to go back and look at like that picture mm-hmm. or read, like it's sort of, you know, I do do a lot of writer stuff. I also have a, I do have a, so I have a screenwriting. I mean, I have a screenwriter slash author profile and then I have a personal profile, but I kind of just kind of put everything primarily through the, through the personal profile. And then I kind of shove stuff over to the, um, the professional profile, uh, but I, you know, when it's, when it's like a new release or something, but it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting platform. I don't have a huge problem with it, but I, I know a lot of people don't like it. I'm also approaching 5,000, uh, friends, which means I, I probably get to start focusing more on the professional profile, which is unlimited. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. I'm, oh. go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think it's just whatever like home base you've been using is mm-hmm. where you should probably pour most of your efforts into like. Um, Bookstagram is kind of my home base because that's where the readers are. And I feel like a kindred spirit with the readers. Like that's, those are my people. That's my tribe. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I started bringing my act over to Twitter just to kind of share those reviews for the authors and started developing a connection there, especially through like the business with Nightworms and stuff. So, you know, that would be like my secondary home base. Um, Facebook, I just never, I mean, beyond like, And Instagram has those features too of like diary. Like you can go back through, you know, your snapshots and it'll tell you like a year ago today or two years ago today, sort of like Facebook will do. 
Um, so, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, it's just where you feel the most comfortable. And I think like if you can pick one primary one that kind of collects all of that for you and then just kind of hold the other ones a little looser is probably a good strategy. It works for me. Yeah. And let's circle back for a second about, because I meant to actually ask you this. So I want to circle back to the website thing. So we've talked about social media pretty, and, and I think the, the last thing I think about social media to say is that, um, at least this is, is my opinion, Sadie, you can disagree, please. But I feel like you want to, um, don't be a, don't be a pusher, be a, be part of the community. You know, I think it's very important to, 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 to support other, you know, writers, assuming you're like, we're talking to writers. So, you know, support other writers and as, and then, you know, obviously one that you want to, you want to support yourself, uh, but you also want to engage with community. You want to like, you know, uh, you know, comment on other people's posts or engage with other people. And I, it's not just, it's not just, um, fake, you know, being fake. It's also like, these are great people to get to know. I mean, these are all fellow to your point. It's, tr- it's, you know, it's your tribe, right? It's fellow writers, publishers. And you even say, and here's the one thing I will say about social media that will have, is, um, and this is uh, easier said than done, trust me, I know, is there are a lot of industry people on Twitter. And there's a lot of publishers and there's a lot of editors and there's a lot of agents. So whatever you put out there, they're all going to see or potentially they're all going to see. So mind your P's and Q's. Um, I I do feel like sometimes writers tend to have um, a, a bad, you know, I think we get sort of an unfair shake when it comes to that kind of stuff, because I think like a lot of, <laughs> I think a lot of people can get away with saying a lot of things. And for some reason, I feel like writers can't, we're kind of like, the, you know, we're like the first ones to sort of get, you know, slapped down if we do, if we say something, um, that's not like towing the line, but, but I, but I do think it's important not to like shoot yourself in the foot and say something insanely, you know, negative or, or whatever, especially if you're, even if you're talking about somebody that deserves it because other publishers, agents, editors will see that and think that, you know, maybe you're problematic. Yeah. I mean, I think just like, I don't know, like whatever happened to old school professionalism. I mean, just, just kind of like where, again, like shout out to Stephen Graham Jones. Like he just, he's so low key and just talks about things that are just like not incendiary or however you say that word I kind of fuck it up sometimes right um but you know it's just like if you view social media like a sport where you're like you view other people as a as competitors uh, you're looking to score you're uh, you know either playing offensively or defensively or you know it's all about winning or losing like I think that that's just like not a good way to utilize your time on social media Um, I think like the best thing to do is you don't have to like be performative in the sense where you're just like have this fake image or whatever, but I think like celebrating, celebrating highs and lows, like talking about industry stuff, like things that people are interested in. And like you said, like engaging, um, in things that are meaningful, like meaningful engagement or just talking about movies or whatever, but just kind of like. I don't know, the the drama that Twitter tends to attract and Facebook too, actually, I just don't think is is a it does anybody a, a service. Yeah, stay away from Absolutely. the drama. That's nobody nobody wants that, but good luck with it too. But to your point, there's the handy mute button. 
And and, and uh, I say one thing about Stephen. You said you never met him. I've I've met Stephen a few times, and he, that he is exactly like that in person. He's just yeah. got that like Texas slang. And yeah, man, that sounds yeah. great. You know, he's yeah. just, he is a mellow fellow. Uh, he's a cool guy. Um, okay, so what I wanted to get back to regarding the website was that I what, what's your what's your take on on a blog? So I have a blog on my website, and it, I don't use it a ton. I use it primarily for like um, announcements, you know, or like if I have a book deal or so every now and then I'll do like an editorial thing where I'll be like, like I had a series of like a post about like my first five years in, in publishing. Um, but I do that less and less uh, these days because I kind of post all that stuff sort of live when it, ha you know, on Facebook or whatever. So what's your take on blogs and how, how do you think they're best utilized for a writer? I think that they're great as like a landing pad for uh, information. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to make sure that there's like contact information there, the bio, all those things that we talked about previously is a good place uh, for your blog or your .com um, to just kind of collect all of that, like important information. And then in terms of like what you were saying is like a press release or a cover reveal, um, things of that nature, you know, my uh, friend Seth, uh, CS Humble, um, he is a CEO expert and he's told me so many times and it just kind of has finally stuck is that uh, the internet crawls, you know, the web for those kinds of uh, talking points, you know, when you post things like that and it will filter them. Um, I'm not talking the right language because I'm not a CEO expert. But it sort of like filters the hits when somebody Googles you. Yeah. Uh, so if you're putting things out there about yourself on this blog, it will elevate links, you know, when people go and search for your author name and all of this information is readily available. Like you want to be like five pages deep all yeah. about you. Yeah. SEO, that whole like weird back behind the screen, you know, language is, is a, is a science. Absolutely. You know, and I found that I have found that the blog posts that I have had the most, what I'm going to call natural traffic, meaning I'm not, I didn't send out a newsletter to a thousand people directing them to the page or whatever. I just posted something were to your point about sort of the Stephen King thing was, I think I did like a, um, my, uh, I think I did something like it was a favorite, I think it was favorite thrillers of the decade. And I just, it wasn't, it wasn't no point to doing it. I wasn't trying to gain traffic. Frankly, I was just kind of like, I think I had, it was like, I think it was 2020 and I was like, you know, I, I read a lot of thrillers and I was kind of like, I just want to like kind of give a shout out to some of the ones I liked the most. And, and I think I hashtagged it, you know, I tagged it like th thrillers or best of or whatever. And that try I got, that got a ton of traffic, like hundreds of people, you know, within a week. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't do anything. I didn't like, I didn't link to any, and I didn't, posted anywhere. I didn't do them. So it was just natural as it, so I think those kind of things list and not to tell people to, but I think it's those kind of things are kind of tend to gain attention. Um, but you know, look at other people's blogs and, and see, see what, see what you think. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have to be something that you update every day. You don't have to have like fresh. Oh God. No. God. No. I mean, that, you know, that would be, overwhelming right. but like you said just to drop milestones or links or whatever like if you were on a podcast you could just drop that in there so that if people are searching for it um it's it's there eventually like yeah order the hits or whatever yeah i think on my on my side i think I, I like i list to your point i list all the here's all the podcasts i've been on uh 
I don't list all the reviews for my books. I, I don't know if I should do that or not. I mean, I've got a lot and I think that would might be like overwhelming list, but I do have like highlights. Like I think I linked to like, you know, the New York times article, the, you know, the, the you know, I, I kind of like the publisher's weekly thing for this. Like I kind of, I think I have like five or six links for each book, but. Yeah. I think like a good practice to do is just to Google your own name and mm-hmm. find out what the search results yield. And then also look at like images, look at news, like look at everything that comes under all of those headers uh, under the Google search. And just if you're happy with the results, then great. If you're not happy with the results, then find out how you can change the order. Right. Okay. Uh, let's jump to really quickly because we only got a few minutes left. Let's talk about uh, garnering reviews. And um, obviously you've had a lot of experience with people, I'm sure, like me, saying, hey, Sadie, want, I have a new book out. You want to review it? Um what are the do's and don'ts of, and feel free to use me as an example of a don't, what are the do's and don'ts of like, okay, you got a new book, you want to get some bloggers to talk about it, you want to get some reviews, you know, what are the do's and don'ts for, for that situation for a new writer or for any writer? Yeah. Um, and I feel for writers because I know that like, you know, you finished this work and you want to get it out there and you want people to read it and stuff. So I feel for, for, for writers, like I understand the struggle. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you're, you're just, you're running out of options and I get it. Um, the worst thing you can do is to hit people up in their DMS. Like just this morning I had somebody follow me and then immediately get in my DMS and no introduction, no, Hey, how you doing? Nothing, literally just a fucking Amazon link in my DMS. And that is, (laughs) that is the quickest way to get yourself blocked. I'll tell you that. Like, Um, you got to like introduce yourself in an email um, and include as much information as possible, Goodreads links, whatever. Um, But find like, find the person you're trying to contact and look up and see if they have like a review policy. A lot of reviewers have a policy and you can see, oh, they're not open to reviews right now, or they don't read this specific genre or here's the things that trigger them. And I probably shouldn't send them my rape fantasy. Like just kind of try to look and see and target your audience before you just run around and throw your book in front of people's faces. Like, you know, so there's some very clear don'ts that kind of are just common sense. Like you wouldn't just run up to a stranger on the street and shove your book in their face, which is the DM is the equivalent of that. Like it's just too personal and you don't know that person. Um, I just like to, I just like to go look out my second story window and just start chucking books at people as they walk by. <laughs> yeah. I mean, read this. this You're going to love it. <laughs> I don't know if that <laughs> approach works for anybody. Does, right. you. Um, <laughs> I, I always like to talk about Gemma more. Uh, the first time she reached out to me. A Gemma files read. you're talking about? No, Gemma Amore. Oh, I'm sorry. Jim, Gemma. Oh, Jim Armore. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Gemma Amore. Um, oh, Gemma yeah. Amore. I got you. She, yes. she, um, her email was so professional and so sweet. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but be endeared to her, her, just her personality. And I could feel like a warm body on the other side of the screen, you right. know? Like, the keyword being email too, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a copy and paste where it was like, hello, sir or madam. You know what right. I mean? Like, Dear editor. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was very personal. It was very sweet and very endearing. And I immediately accepted the request because of it just grabbed my attention. And then it turns out she's, you know, an amazing writer to boot. So, you know, that was great. Um, the Just finding people's email and making it personal is worth your while. Like, I just don't recommend like having a pat email that you send to every single person and just exchanging some names like that doesn't people know that people do that. And it's not, it's not, um, it's not going to win it's you. It's not cool. Yeah. I mean, if, if somebody's getting dozens of requests, that's just really going to bump you to the bottom. Yeah. And I think you said, uh, which I thought was important is take the time to, if you, if you're, tar- if you, if you're targeting a reviewer who you think would be in line with what you have, you know, take the time to, to, to research them, find out the most professional way to get them the information, personalize a professional email and, um, and, and then, you know, and then, and then go from there. But and to your point, read those review parameters to make sure that they're even accepting reviews. Cause I think there's, I can't, I imagine there's nothing more annoying than saying I'm not accepting new reviews and then getting like 20 re- review requests. Yeah. And I mean, like on Instagram, um, Instagram will filter those requests, those DM requests right to like a spam folder. And I see those every single day, like five to six of them, just authors like up in my DMs. And I just delete them all without even reading them. Um, And there could be some really fine books in there and some really great authors, but I just don't like the approach. Right. And, and I will say this uh, to the, to you guys listening out there, I've talked about this on with previous episodes of the dark word. Uh, but, um, same goes for going out for author blurbs. Like don't, don't use a shot, you know, don't use a shotgun with that stuff, you know, use a sniper rifle because you want to get people, you want to take the time to make sure that it's the right fit that you're, that you're actually reaching out to an author who you think would actually enjoy the book, uh, personalize a professional email to them. Um, don't just start slapping, people with PMs and links to your book and saying, Hey man, review my book, you know, or whatever, because those never work. And it just kind of gets you to your point, maybe not blocked, but definitely not friended. Um, okay, cool. Well, we are out of time. Is there anything you want to leave writers with before we go advice, any last minute advice, any throwaway bullet points? Um, I mean, just like, I think that a lot of authors have a hard time or struggle with their self-promotion. They feel like maybe they're being annoying or they're being repetitive or, you know, maybe they're trying to follow like an 80-20 rule and they're just exhausting themselves, like, you know, promoting other people, but then also like trying to get their own stuff out there. Like, just try to keep in mind that nobody's watching your feed 24-7. So if you drop a post three times a day, people are probably going to see it once. And very few people are going to see it all three times. So go ahead and feel vindicated and feel validated and feel confident to go ahead and promote yourself. Like drop that link, put that book cover out there. And if you have a great book cover, like throw that up on all of the social media platforms so that people can see it and, and wonder about it and be inquisitive and be curious, you know, Um, and go ahead and, and toot your horn. Like if you, if you won the Splatterpunk award, if you won the Stoker, if you, you know, like you got some great five-star review, like I I would put that stuff out there. Like, I don't think, yeah. And also lastly, just being somebody who's been on Bookstagram for several years and takes a lot of pictures of books, 
do not like screen capture someone's awesome photo of your book and then use it for promotion without crediting the reviewer or the artist. Like that's not cool. Oh yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Credit those. I mean, when you, yeah, when you, when you repost somebody's picture, it has their credit kind of baked into it, at least with my right. the program I use. But yeah. yeah, if you're taking something and sharing it wide, make sure you're giving credit to that, uh, to the handle that they use on Instagram or the person's name, if you, if you have it. Um, uh, all right. Well, Sadie, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, and I wanted to say one quick thing you, to your point about multiple posts. Um, that's a great, what I've learned is that you, you have used two kind of two major time zones or maybe three major time zones. And I'm not trying to belittle anyone's time zone, but if you're, if I'm in Los Angeles, right? So if I do something at 9am LA time, I like to do it again at 9pm because that's when like my Australian readers are yeah. kind of logging on and my UK yeah. readers are kind of logging on and those guys aren't going to see a post that you posted 12 hours ago. So yeah, that's exactly right. So I think it's a good, good, good thing to do. All right. Well, Sadie, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Yeah, no, I hope, I hope the information was helpful. Um, if anybody has any questions, like I'm pretty accessible on social media, you can go ahead and engage with me on a tweet or whatever. Like, I'm open to questions. And do you have a website that you point people to, Sadie? I mean, basically, uh, Nightworms is my, you know, um, my business. Um, So if you go to nightworms.com, you can see a little bit about what I'm about. Our email is nightwormsreviews at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Um, We can do cover reveals. We do author spotlights. You know, we... And this is all just free of charge because Nightworms were, were lovers of horror. So um, if you are looking for a review, a home for your review, I can direct you in the right place. I will not be doing reviews anymore, but we do cover reveals and we do office spotlights and guest posts and stuff. So That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, and to you guys listening, I hope you got a lot of this episode. I think it's chock full of information. And uh, with that, I will... Uh, talk to you all again with a brand new guest next time on The Dark Word. Hey guys, it's Philip again. I wanted to let you know that you can buy any of the books discussed on The Dark Word at The Book House, which is Book and Film Globe's independent bookstore. Go to thebookhousemilburn.com. That's M-I-L-L-B-U-R-N com to shop online and support small independent booksellers or visit the actual store in Milburn, New Jersey where you can buy books from all the authors we feature here on The Dark Word or the Book and Film Globe podcast. Audio.